When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald. And John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is a Thursday edition of Bird 365. You got your Mac and Mac guy, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, here to hang with you for the next couple hours, Mother Nature permitting. Yeah. <laughs> both John and I had major downpours over here in South Jersey. Something rolled through here and it got pitch black. I thought maybe I could go back to bed because it was dark out. It was dark <laughs> enough out to go back to bed. No such luck. We're here to hang with you guys for the next two hours. And talk Philadelphia Eagle football, a Thursday edition. JM, we are 87 days away from opening night, opening day, the opening afternoon, a one o'clock start for the Eagles on the second Saturday in September. And show number 288, we are a scant two shows away from cracking the 300 barrier birds 365 episode. 288. We need 12. Uh, I'm not usually the math guy, but... Uh, 290, did I say 288? I meant yeah. 298. All right, we 298. Two, wow. We're 298. We're, we're two away from 300, big guy. I didn't think we were that close. I, that's why I, I I took the 288 at, uh, at, 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 uh, to be correct. I thought... I didn't no, think we next, cracked the 290. Next Monday, on Monday, will be our 300th episode. All right. We, we should have a cake... Xander Krause, if you're listening, you should get us a cake. Say happy 300th show. Uh, something. I'm some not, kind of 
some kind of balloons, something. Bunting? Give me bunting? my breath. You know what I did find out? Uh, They doubled our makeup allowance from zero to zero because you can see I still have that big chunk on my head. You got to watch those trees, especially today. (laughs) No, I'm not going anywhere today. If it stays this dark out, yours truly will be inside waiting for the Phillies game. And that was cool yesterday to be able to get up. I uh, took a nap, got up at one o'clock, first pitch, boom. I had to wait three hours before they did anything of consequence. But then Garrett Stubbs, it's a walk-up three-run home run. Uh, got to wait till a night game tonight against the uh, Washington uh, Nationals. Not the commanders, but I got a commander point to make at some point over the next uh, couple hours. JM, here's where I want to start today. And we are still in the season of lists that the uh, Pro Football Focus, that we, uh, a website that we allude to a lot here, uh, give them credit for the good work that they put in. Don't always agree with it, but <clears throat> oftentimes what they do is on point and it, it's uh, research-based. Uh, they last week put the Philadelphia Eagles as the number one offensive line in football. I'm not going to argue with you. No, I have no problem with it. Um yeah, there's some other very few that could be in the conversation. I I think Cleveland, uh, but they don't have J.C. Treader anymore. Um, and it looks like, I mean, J.C. Treader's still out there. That's got, that's a union deal because he's still one of the, one of the best five centers in the NFL in my mind, and he's still available. And there's a lot of teams that could use him to say the least. Um you know, I think the 33rd team, uh, dot com, which is Joe Banner's website, Mike Tannenbaum, they they had the Eagles and they, they do it tier-wise, their list, and they had the Eagles in tier one. I think Kansas City, no surprise, uh, is also in tier one. Uh, so they would be in the conversation. But a very big Tampa Bay, even though they lost their guards, they brought back Shaq Mason, so they're still really good on the offensive line. Um very few teams are in the conversation, so I have I have no problem saying the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. Nor do I. And you base the majority of that kind of ranking on your five starters. There is some debate as to who the right guard starter is going to be. There isn't, in my mind, if Isaac Sayamalo is physically ready to go, I think he will be that right guard. I think they will uh, keep Jack Driscoll as a guy who can go in either at right guard and or right tackle, because as great as Lane Johnson is, over the last several years, there have been issues where he's missed games. So you need a ready-to-go right tackle to come off your bench, and I think they have that in Driscoll. Uh, but part of the reason why the Eagles are the number one, not just their starting five, which I do believe, if you uh, kept the discussion to just that, who's got the best starting five in the National Football League, I think it would be the Eagles. But the reason why the Eagles are an easy best offensive line choice is they not only have their starting five, they've also got some of the best depth in the National Football League. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with you. Most people do these lists and they're talking about the starting five. And I say sort of what you just said. Um, If the Eagles, if you're just basing it on starting five, then Kansas City, Cleveland, as I said, you know, the Detroit Lions, that's the other team. <clears throat> shockingly have a really good offensive line. And that was the other tier one team by the 33rd uh, team.com. Um, so very few teams, but if you add depth into the mix, it's not even close. 
Siegel's number one by by a long shot. Um, and and that's to me where they sort of lapped the field. Um, I was just talking to a former uh, personnel guy, former scout in the league, and he said they have eight starters, man, at least eight starters, at least. And by starters, we're talking about, look, there's 32 teams, right? So there's 64 uh, uh, starting tackles, 64 starting cards, obviously uh, 32 starting centers. Doesn't necessarily, when you talk about Andre Dillard, all right, maybe he's 40, you know. I'm not saying he's great, but he should be a starter in this league. Uh, same thing with Jack Driscoll, if you're going to default to Isaac Sayamalo or vice versa, uh, if you're going to default to Jack Driscoll. And at least from a, a trade standpoint, Cam Jurgens has got to prove it. He's never played before, but obviously has starting level traits. And then you can even argue guys like Suo Pettus played a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily count those guys, uh, but they're, they're serviceable. And if you look around this league and we talked about with Ross Tucker yesterday, he used to play offensive line in this league, you know, certain teams, even these good teams, they get one or two key injuries at key spots and they fall apart because the replacements can't do anything. Um, and that's where I think Jeff Stoutland really shines through because he gets guys like Suo Peta and Brett Todd to the point where you can play them and they're going to be serviceable. And, and by the way, Jody, Detroit Lions, as I said, now it's mainly about uh, Frank Ragnow, who's one of the best centers in, in the NFL now. Uh, uh, Panay Sewell, who's going to be really, really good, had a good rookie season. Taylor Decker's still there. So it's mainly about those guys, but also starting at, at, at right guard for them, Halapulu Bati Baita. there, yeah. Yeah. And tier one, uh, Detroit Lions, Halapulu Bati Baita. It's a perfect example of guys who are here and ended up elsewhere and, uh, if not raised their game, uh, kept it at that same top flight level they had when they were a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you mentioned Dillard. And the fact that you think he's a starting level player, certainly he's not going to start here because he's buried behind Jordan Mailata, who comes into his own this past year and played to a Pro Bowl type level at left tackle. Let's say the Eagles stay healthy. Oh, they're supposed to because they have the secret sauce to staying healthy in the <laughs> National Football League. Yeah. Don't I don't practice. buy that, but yeah. Don't I... practice, don't work out, you can't get hurt. Um, the, the Eagles have no issues on the offensive line. Everybody is healthy. Other teams do have issues, issues specifically at the left tackle, but because, oh, by the way, even though we know it here in Philadelphia that Andre Dillard is basically a left tackle, been there, done that, tried him at right tackle, didn't work. Doesn't mean that if a team decided that they wanted to make him a right tackle and they used all off season to get him up to speed, to be a right tackle, well, any team except the Eagles, because Eagles don't really practice during the offseason, but you get my drift. Someone wanted to convert him to a right tackle. Maybe they could pull it off. The Eagles tried to do it on the fly, and it didn't work out at all. So he's a left tackle. If you're going to attempt to acquire him, uh, you're going to do so as a guy who you can plug in at left tackle. 
if there is an injury to a team around the National Football League and they see that as a desperate move, are the Eagles going to make them available? And if so, what do you think the ask is going to be for draft compensation? I, you know, I think if they can get a valuable piece and we always bring up Chuck Clark, I think player for player would be, they'd be more willing to do it. Otherwise, I think with Andre, it's going to be more toward the trade deadline when they get as much they sort of can ring, which I think is November 1st. The the NFL just set the key date, so it's going to be November 1st this year. Um, I, I think they're going to keep them as long as possible because they do value the depth. Uh, and then they understand, look, after the season, they're going to lose them anyway. Um, and then you start talking about trade more uh, realistically. But also, you have the comp pick equation into it, and the Eagles tend to think ahead of it with these things and left tackles get paid money. Um, and it could be in, in the comp pick conversation. So you say, are we going to be heavily in the free agent market? Are we going to be able to get comp picks? It's a more complicated puzzle than it might seem on the surface uh, with Andre Dillard. I think they trade him for something valuable. Um, and by valuable, I mean a player that could be a starter, like at safety or even a, a, a third outside corner that might have to play a lot or, uh, you know, who knows, a tight end, a real tight end to some of these issues where you have some depth uh, problems with the Eagles or, you know, I, I don't think the conversation starts lesser than a fourth round pick. And I'd be surprised if they take a fourth round pick for Andre Dillard. So you think they'd ask for a third yeah. and if they are so motivated, would have to settle for a fourth. And you don't think you think fourths are maybe if someone's offering less than a fourth, uh, no sale, they'll keep them all no. year as yeah. a backup before. Yeah, they give it. Well, here's I agree with your take on it in almost every respect except for one. I don't think they'll do as well in season as they would do before the season started. Couple of reasons. Number one, if you're going to give something up for the player, which by the way, if the Ravens offered Chuck Clark, I'd drive Andre Dillard to Baltimore in exchange for. Him. Yeah, and they don't need a left tackle, so it's not a fit. Right. But that's yeah. yeah, Ronnie Staley's there. Yeah. There. Uh, if he goes down, then they need left tackle, but they know he's just a one-year player because they're locked into Staley coming back uh, and uh, Dillard is a free agent at the end of the season. So the Ravens are, are a bad match. I realize why you brought the name up because that's what you're looking for, a type of uh, yeah. a positional player where a team may have excess and are willing to give the player up, but they, they probably wouldn't be a fit for uh, uh, Dillard. <laughs> If you're acquiring them in season, you're only getting them for X number of games. For every game you play, that's one less game that you're getting out of Andre Dillard if you're plugging him in to become your left tackle. So I think the value will be at its highest before the season starts. Now, as you pointed out, every game he's here with the Eagles, that's protection they have as a backup defensive left uh, offensive left tackle. And they do value that. And you never know. Jordan Mylotta could turn an ankle and go out. So so I get those are the two things you're balancing. 
I don't think Dillard is going to be a major contributor this year. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic. Got the Eagle colored glasses on, believing that Jordan Mylott is going to play all 17 games. But I think Howie Roseman will look to move the player when his value is at its highest. And I think it will be during the preseason because if another team is going to make a play for him, you know that you're going to have to either resign him, which could become expensive, or you want to get the most out of him that you can, which means as many games as you can. That's why I think he's worth more preseason than he is in season. Yeah, I I, I see your thought process there. My, my assumption is anybody who would be trading for him would rework the deal uh, in, in any way, and he would be their left tackle. Um, so that might alleviate some of those issues. Um, or you, from think the Eagles, you, you think he's good enough to do that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about uh, – you know, a, a monster contract. I'm talking about if a team is looking to acquire him, they're probably going to extend him. Might be one year, might be two years, might be ten million a year because it's a very valuable position. I'm not talking top of the line money. No, but if but if a team wants to acquire a left tackle and Andre Dillard's there and they need a left tackle and they need a left tackle moving forward because they're probably not going to want to acquire him for half a season, as you mentioned. Um, then I think that would be the thought process behind the team trying to acquire him. From my thought process on the Eagles, and one thing I should have brought up to begin with, and you bring up, yeah, the hope is he's not going to be a major contributor. I mean, the hope is Jordan Mylottis starts 17 games. You know, Jordan, I, I, I just put this out there. Jordan's had a lot of back problems. Uh, Jordan is... The Eagles list him, I was just looking at it, 365. He hasn't seen 365 in a while. He's 380. Now, he looks good with 380. He's one of the few people in the world that can carry 380. Um, And he doesn't, you know, he's not overweight or anything of that nature. But he's 380 pounds. And he's had back problems. And I, I do think that's a little bit of a something the Eagles throw in the mix and they say eh, it might be it might not even be serious but it might be a game here it might be a game there uh you might need them for a stretch of games three four games um and they do value it and and we talk about the depth in tier one and you know people are talking about the starting five you know then you go down to LaRaven Clark who's again a serviceable player I'd put him more in the Suo, Peta, um, uh, Brett, Toth category uh, or Toth. Um, I wouldn't put him in the Andre Dillard category. So I do think the Eagles are weighing this in the fact they know they're going to lose him ultimately. Um, they can, you know, wait out the year, hope for the comp pick. If you're not going to sign more free agents than you lose, you can go about it that way. You can trade. You can do it early. There's a there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do it. But I think this team thinks they're good. And if they think they're good, play it out. Keep them. All right. And then you talk about it next year. You lose people in free agency all the time. Uh, but if you think you're a real good team, if you think you have a chance to compete with the Dallas Cowboys, and never mind the Dallas Cowboys, but the – the Rams and the Green Bays and the Tampa Bays of the world, if you think you can compete, don't give up one of your strengths just because you're worried about next year. Go compete. 
Right. And if you think Dillard is a guy who keeps you that much more competitive, uh, in case you haven't watched Birch 365 before, John's a bigger Dillard fan than I am. I think he's another left tackle. John thinks he's a left tackle waiting to start as soon as he gets into the league. If you're right about that, oh, by the way, if Dillard gets traded in season and I'm his agent, I tell him, well, let's start with starter money top half of the NFL starter money at left tackle. If not, let's let our guy go in and kick tail for you for half a season. Then we'll have a conversation with you and every other team in the National Football League because I'm taking my client out on it onto the market. I, if I'm Dillard and I'm his agent and you think you're as good as John McMullen thinks you are, you don't want to sign a contract extension. Well, and remember, while I do think he's a starting level player, we, you and I may disagree, that, disagree there. Um, I think you would agree with me. He's better than LaRaven Clark. And again, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's an not insurance Not that big fund. a difference. They're honestly, not that big a difference. You say, Jody, pick one. I'm going to take Dillard. But do I think there's a massive drop-off to LaRaven Clark? No, I don't. And from the Eagles' perspective, you know, it's like buying insurance, right? You got to have it. You need it. You hope you don't have to use it. But it's nice to have if you have to use it. And that's my my thought process from the Eagles. If you think you're a contender, look, if you thought you were coming into the season last year when nobody thought the Eagles were going to do anything, yeah, then I'm like, trade him. All right, go ahead, get something for him. He's not going to be here. This team thinks they're good. If they think they're good, I want the insurance policy. Yeah, coming into last season, we didn't even know who's going to be the starting left tackle. Dillard got the first reps in camp over Jordan Mailata. That tells you how much things can change in a 12-month period. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We got a good one planned for you here on Birds 365. Two good guests coming your way. Rob Marty, our pal from Associated Press, will be on. I saw Tom Brady on the Dan Patrick show yesterday. Sorry, a couple Brady questions. You know, Marty's always on top of the Eagle stuff. He was here for that many years before he went national for AP. So looking forward to talking to Rob Marty in hour number two. Hour number one, joining us next is Ryan Rothstein. You catch him on WIP. He'll be talking birds here with McMullen and McDonald on Birds 365. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. <coughs> Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
at Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to look, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Appreciate you streaming in with us here on Birds 365. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, and Ryan Rothstein of WIP. Good enough to hop aboard with us for a couple of minutes today. Rothstein, how's your summer going? Ah, uh, J-Mac, how we doing? And the other J-Mac. Yeah, the other. Come on. Jeff, Ryan and I used to be on the air together in That's South right. Jersey, 97.3, So, bit of a reunion, Jody Mac. But I get the other Mac. That tells you. The cachet no, you of Jody you, Mac. Listen, no, he said Jody Mac. He, he didn't no, I'm, joking. I'm joking. It's you don't fine. know. I'm, I'm just busting. You <laughs> Only know Rusty that. knows for for, uh, for sure which Jay yeah. Mackey was referring to. That's true. Exactly. That's true. That's a good yeah. point. That's a good That's, point. Nice save right. for Jody and Ryan. Uh, Ryan, all right. Let's start with uh, one of your new gigs uh, uh, on WIP. You get the overnight ship, so I imagine you get a very eclectic uh, bunch of Eagles fans at times. Maybe the more conspiracy-based Eagles fans. What do you what do you, what do you think uh, the temperature of the fan base is right now when it comes to this team? Because expectations seem to be through the roof at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jody Jody Mack uh, and I can compare notes here. I know he's mm-hmm. often ten to two. He's doing weekends now with his old. Uh, his old buddy, Glenn Mack, a lot of Max here, but yeah. uh, you know, from what I'm gathering, it's like Super Bowl or bust here, man. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a little bit ridiculous. And I say that a little bit jokingly, um, but the expectations are at an all time high. I mean, an all time high. It, we can't blame Howie Roseman if we're looking at what he did this off season. So fans don't know what to do with themselves. You know, as, as Ricky Bobby would say, I don't know what to do with my hands. I mean, things are just going, <laughs> things are going so well uh, and fans are excited. And I think really what it comes down to, and it always does in this city, you two know, as well as anyone is the quarterback, but I hate to tell you, you know, I, I think it's a fair conversation and I hate to, you know, drive this conversation to the quarterback spot, but uh, I think Howie made a, a tactical you know, decision heading into this offseason, which was let's build this roster and then surround the quarterback with talent. And he's either our guy or not our guy. Either way, we're going to hit a home run this offseason. So that's how I looked at it. Is this, have they done enough to make the pieces around Jalen Hurts good enough? A lot of it, the majority of it sits in his own lap. Is he going to improve? There is room for improvement now. Can he pull it off? 
did Howie accomplish what you just alluded to? Did he give him enough weapons so that you can have faith that Jalen Hurts is going to take the step, is going to grab the team by the throat and say, this is my team going forward? My goodness. I, I, I don't know what else he would need, right? I, I mean, I'll ask both of you this question. I talked about this on WIP a couple days ago. What, what should we expect stats-wise from Jalen Hurts this year? I mean, you were just – I was listening to start the show. You're talking about the offensive line. Best in the NFL. I, I'm not disputing that. Look at the wide receivers. Duo arguably top three in the NFC. I mean, however you want to categorize it, I, I don't care. It, it's, it's pretty damn good. Top five to ten tight end. Uh, I, I mean, you look at this offense – what stats should follow with it? I mean, I think he should have a borderline fantastic season. So there's a lot of pressure on him and this coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, Brian, I hate to be too Jim Swartz or Jonathan Gannon-like, but and, and it's not a stat. And I, I hate when people say quarterback win-loss record. But if he wins games, everybody's happy. And if they're not winning games... I don't care if you throw for 400 yards or uh, rush for 100 and A.J. Brown gets two touchdowns, Devontae Smith gets another, people are not going to be happy. So I think it's more about managing the game, uh, making the right decisions at the right times, making big plays at the right times, and and getting uh, the team over the hump. But I, I got to tell you, if the expectations are Super Bowl or bust, and we'll go back to Ricky Bobby. If you're not first place, you're last. <laughs> Eagles fans are going to be disappointed. You're skipping steps. I use that term all the time. I mean, this is this team's not going to win the Super Bowl. It's June 16th. Mark it down, Jody Mack, as the official record uh, keeper of this show. <laughs> Johnny Mack, the Eagles are not going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to be a good football team. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. So if that's your expectations – you're you're kind of out of whack, I would say, to the fan base. Am I why, jumping off? Am I going too far? I, I, listen, I'm not expecting this team to win the Super Bowl. All right, so I'll agree with you there. Um, if you take away the quarterback, once again, I, I look at this roster. Where do you rank this roster? Like it has a little bit of a Denver Broncos yeah. feel to it before acquiring Russell Wilson. Right. Like I know Jalen's not there. I know the coaching staff is super young and new. You look at the upgrades they they made on the defensive side of the ball. You look at the offense right now, assumingly all healthy, as we've just discussed. Where do you rank this roster on paper? I mean, even if we want to take the quarterback position out of it. I would say it's top 10 easily. Uh, From my perspective, two through 52, I say it all the time. I tell Jody two through 52, I think the Eagles are now better than the Cowboys. The Cowboys are the favorite favorite in Vegas still, um, favorite in most sports books, and there's a reason. That's because Jalen Hurts isn't Dak Prescott. He's got to take that next step. Can he take that next step? I'll go uh, a little bit different. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a number because uh, both you and John kind of alluded to what's more about what the team does. And I, I, I understand that. But if we want a narrow focus, 3,700 yards passing. He was 31 this past year. 
He missed two games, missed one in season against the Jets. Gardner Minshew went in, played well, thought he was going to steal the job. Doug, <laughs> Nick Sirianni said, no, no, not happening, big guy. Uh, and then, of course, he didn't play the last game of the season in the toss uh, JV game against the Cowboys. So you add those two games. This is, of course, assuming health. Uh, that's why you put the top number on the uh, expectation that the quarterback's going to play all 17 games. And you add A.J. Brown. And you add the fact that the Eagles are going to try and throw the football more than they did last year. I don't think 3,700 yards is an unrealistic request for uh, Mr. Hertz this year when he threw for 3,100 last year. Bump it up by 600 yards. You should get that just by playing the two extra games and not even worry about the fact that they're going to change the play call and they're going to add A.J. Brown. As I'm saying it, I'm going – yeah, yeah, well, maybe he should I should have gone thirty-eight or thirty-nine. You got to, you got to get it from that perspective. From my, you got to get the four thousand right because Jody, you bring up, you're talking about seventeen games. Well, he didn't play two games. He had the injured game, uh, and and he and he sat out week eighteen. So even if he has bad games, say two hundred, two hundred, you're already at thirty-five, right? So. Yeah, you need some approval. You got AJ Brown, you got Devontae Smith in year two. Quest Watkins is the best third receiver in football, according to our buddy Ross Tucker. Uh, and I say that tongue in cheek because I don't agree with Ross there. Dallas Goddard's phenomenal, the offensive line. Why not 4,000? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw 4,000 out there. Is that too much, Ryan? No, I mean, yes, but no, <laughs> right? Like, I don't believe in Jalen. I should have started that, <laughs> started this with that. But that's not too much. If you look at this offense, that's sort of my whole encompassing point is you look at this team offensively. I mean, my goodness. I know it's not fair to say this, but, you know, what would Russell Wilson put up numbers wise if this was his offense? <laughs> you know, so I, I think the expectations should be not Russell Wilson like, but you have a top five to 10 offense here on paper. So you got to do at least something half decent with it. I'll tell you why I'm not going to go to 4,000. Um, uh, Ryan, I know, you know, John, well, uh, as do I now, he's a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. He may be bigger than me. What do you think Rodgers threw for last year? Missing a game like, uh, Jalen, he who missed two, Rogers missed one. What do you think he threw for, John? Uh, probably 3,800, somewhere in that range. Yeah, 41, but he's supposedly the best quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, now we want Jalen Hurts to be able to sneak up on Aaron Rodgers. I'm not ready to go there just yet. Yeah, Again, and, and I talk about one now. guy I always bring up because I think people will be shocked, and I bring it up all the time, is Kirk Cousins. Because if you both go back to to Washington his days, so this is a very long time. It's like his numbers are unbelievable as far as yardage, year after year after year after year. My point is, throwing for four thousand yards is not necessarily a good thing because a lot of times you got to be behind and you got to be throwing the football because you're behind, um, and or things of that nature. Or the fact a lot of it is you can just sling it, and a lot of it is you have good weapons, and a lot of it is that. But common sense, if you're up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, which is where you want to be, you start turning around and handing the football off, and that skews down your passing numbers. 
And that's why I started with, as you know, people think it's hyper hyperbole when Gannon says it or Schwartz says it. I don't give a shit. Give me the win. Give me the win. We can say shit on here, yeah, YouTube. <laughs> uh, give me the win. I don't care. Give me the win. And that's where I think the Eagles are, especially if it's about expectations in Super Bowl or bust. I mean, give me the win. How am I going to get hooked by hook or by crook? And Nick Sirianni says it all the time. Are you going to be a pass-heavy offense? He says, I don't know. Who are we playing that week? What What do they do? What What is what? What's my best way to get over the hump? And to Nick's credit, he proved that last season, right? I mean, they started two and five. They're trying to throw the ball. They weren't successful. And all of a sudden, they show up in Las Vegas and say, we're going to run it. And they made the run to the playoffs. So the coach deserves credit for that as well. It was strictly on the ground, though, right? I mean, I give him a ton of ton of credit for making that adjustment in year one. Says, nah, you know, throws everything out, throws the entire playbook out, and decides to become a running team, which is – impressive for him to make that decision, the coaching staff to make that decision, but you gotta, you gotta throw the football, right? So it's like now this year, what's your identity going to be? I, man, it sounds great. Everything you're saying, John, like week to week basis, you, you attack the weakness of the opponent. I love that. Sign me up for that. I, I don't know how realistic that is. I think you still need to have some type of fundamental identity uh, as an offense. And I'm curious as to what that will be. All right, Ryan, um, we're talking about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and the number of uh, yards he's going to be accumulate, and we believe that's the way the Eagles are going to attack it. Let's say they have to lean back on the running game this upcoming year for whatever reason. A.J. Brown goes down, and uh, they put a system in place that he's supposed to be a star, and then, then he's not available. If they return to being a run-first team, is Miles Sanders going to be good enough? Is Miles Sanders going to be able to stay healthy enough? Will the Eagles rely on uh, Miles Sanders, even if they're not going to be, quote-unquote, bell cow back type team? Uh, somebody's got to get more carries than anybody else. Is Miles Sanders, the guy this year, motivated enough with the fact that this is his last year on the contract? Uh, the answer is yes, but I say it hesitantly. I mean – I think McMullen knows this. I'm not a big Miles Sanders guy. I, I like him. Who are He's you, good. a big guy? You're not a Jalen guy. You're not a Miles guy. Who on the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles? Brian's making Ryan friends. Making friends. Somewhere. No one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jason Kelsey. How about that? Yeah. There you go. Good choice. Uh, yeah. Now listen, I I like Miles Sanders. I just think he's uh this is and this is common theme here today. He's a little bit overhyped by many. That's all. Oh, yeah. so, well, that's true. I mean, you know, he's not fans, a bell cow guy. That's all. Speaking of our old days on the radio, this was like in Miles' second year, somebody brought up, uh, I think it was Dalvin Cook, and I said, no, Dalvin's, you know, a lot better than Miles Sanders. I never got so much criticism in my life. How could you say that? I got what, what, Because I watch football? I mean, <laughs> it's not really close. People seem to know that now. But at the time, they're like, Miles was so good as a rookie and, you know, he's a natural pass catcher. How'd that work out? And and the fact is that um, he is a good player, but the Eagles even, and, you know, when Deuce Staley was here, Deuce would never, for those who don't know Deuce, would never criticize players. He criticized Miles Sanders. 
because, and I think part of it was because he did understand the talent level and, mm -hmm. and he became a little bit frustrated. And he said at the time he had to tighten up his hands. He had to, um, he was having difficulty in pass protection, leaving yardage on the field, always trying to bounce things outside. So he's always been a little bit frustrating, I think, for the Eagles and the coaching staff, both coaching staffs. Um, is he ever going to be that superstar back? Probably not. And this is probably, let's be honest, this is probably going to be Miles Sanders last year in Philadelphia. Because I, and I'll say this to you, I've asked a lot of people, so I ask you, Ryan, what is the path to Miles Sanders being back in Philadelphia? Because he's a, a, going to be a free agent. If he has a great year, the Eagles aren't going to want to pay him because they don't value the position. If he has a bad year, they're not going to want him. So is there even a path for him to be back in Philadelphia next year? Probably not. I think the only path is a path we don't want to see, you know, is him missing time. And I'm not, I don't want that to happen. I'm never rooting for anyone to miss yeah. time. Yeah. Um, him missing time. And then the running backs that are playing aren't that impressive, you know, so you get him on a cheaper deal, maybe, right? Like that, that's the only way I see him returning. And I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not rooting for that. I'm not pulling for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I just don't no, see that's him a good back. point. Injury, you know, you bring him back and say, all right, you know, at a cost effective deal because he won't uh, cost a lot of money. But it's, yeah, those avenues are not things you want to see happen. No. Um, you want to see him on the field. You want to see him pl playing at a high level. Yeah. And if he does that, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the Eagles, unless he turns into Jonathan Taylor or Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't see that happening though. <laughs> All right, double R, let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. I'm going to need your defensive <clears throat> crystal ball look here. Okay. Um, can either be a new Philadelphia Eagle or a returning Philadelphia Eagle. What defensive player is going to make Jonathan Gannon look the best this year? That he's going to get done what needs to be done at his position so that Gannon can run the type of defense that he wants. Are you going with a new bird or an old bird as to the guy who uh, uh, puts – big marks on the score sheet on a week-in, week-out basis, whatever those may be, tackles, uh, turnovers, uh, pressures, whatever you think is going to make a big difference for the Eagles. Who's that player who's going to be the number one guy grabbing attention in Jonathan Gannon's defense? It's a good question. Um, I would probably go with a new guy who's a local guy, Hassan Reddick, right? I mean, that's a guy that, has a lot of talent and ability. And if you're smart enough as a DC, you can uh, do a lot of different things with him. So uh, we'll see what Jonathan Gannon's able to do and what he's able to dial up, assuming everyone's healthy. But uh, I'll go with that as my answer. Uh, I, you guys agree I, or disagree? I, I think it's a good answer, Ryan, because um, I, I've said it. I, I think Jonathan Gannon's trying to play Vic Fangio's defense or Brandon Staley's uh, version of Vic Fangio's defense. And if you think about that, who are the players? Yeah. Who did, who, who was the star in Chicago when, when Vic was there setting the world on fire, Khalil Mack, who did Brandon Staley just acquire Khalil Mack? Hmm. Um, that's, 
what Hassan Reddick is going to be in this defense, that player, can he live up to that hype? He's probably not going to be Khalil Mack, but he's going to have every opportunity to make splash plays. So while I think Jordan Davis might be more important, I think yeah. to the fan base, they're going to notice Hassan Reddick way, way more than Jordan Davis. Jody, your Agreed. thoughts? Agreed. I, I got no problems with Hassan Reddick. I was lobbying for his signing, not this year, last year when he hit the free agent market before he did a year with his old coach down there in uh, Carolina, his Temple guy, Matt Rule. So uh, love to love the fact that he has him here. All right, uh, we point to this probably more than we need to, Ryan, but what can we say we're tough critics? Um, safety is the position of weakness for the Philadelphia Eagles. All apology to Marcus Epps, who uh, may step up and turn out to be a very good starter. He's never done it before. He's been a situational substitution guy, and this year he's going to be their starting safety. At least I believe that. I don't think that's going to be a position in Harry Roseman is going to be able to upgrade before the season starts. I hope I'm wrong, but that's the way I see it. Um, will this something that you and I will have to be dealing with on the phones on WIP? Why don't we have a better safety? Why didn't we upgrade safety? What was Howie Roseman thinking about at safety? Is that uh, calls that we're going to have to be dealing with for the next four or five, if not six months, Ryan? <laughs> I, I know. Can't wait for those calls, Jody. They're just, they're going to be awesome. I mean, you know, for me, it's like, what, what do you want, right? I'm not going to start blasting the Eagles front office right now for their failure to upgrade the safety position. When you look at everything that they've done, um, let's, let's give it a year, right? Maybe Marcus Epps can do enough and the defense in front of him can do enough. What about uh, Kayvon Wallace, right? Like, let's see what that kid can do, right? I mean, he's had a bad go at things, I think, so far early in his career. So, yeah, it is going to be a, a weakness, but – most defenses do have more than one weakness. And right now, yeah. I think the Eagles, it's really safety is the only glaring one. It's interesting because we're usually talking about linebacker as a weakness. Um, no more. Yeah. Um, but there's there's still uncertainty when it comes to linebacker. And who's going to be playing? T.J. Edwards, Kaiser White, Nicobe Dean. I'll even throw Davion Taylor in the mix. Um, it's a nice problem to have. It's a problem the Eagles haven't had. We're typically not looking at, hey, who's going to play? Because you only have two options. So if I give you those four names and throw them in a hat, Ryan, and say two are going to get the majority of the snaps, who are those two going to be? It's another good question. I mean, you have to feel like White's going to be getting plenty of playing time. Uh, TJ Edwards, I feel like, if it's a third down or if it's a running situation, right, you're going to try and throw him in there. Um, then N'Kobe Dean, we don't really know unless I've missed something. Uh, his health-wise, right, like when he, we could get the full version of him as far as, you know, we have we have him available, right? So, I mean, I think it's going to be T.J. Edwards and White. You're going to get plenty of uh, Davion Taylor mixed in there. Uh, and then hopefully we get N'Kobe Dean healthy because that could be – the steal of a lifetime uh, for Howie Roseman and the Eagles. I can't wait to see that kid uh, once he's healthy and ready to go. So he obviously throws a wrench into, uh, into the plans there in, in the best way possible. So that's my weak answer. All right, Ryan, if the Eagles get off to a slow start offensively this season, 
and you can define that any way you want. Slow start. Uh, the schedule early is not tough. Some beatable defenses early on their schedule. If the offense doesn't come out clicking and isn't going well, certainly uh, the quarterback is going to hear about it unless he's throwing for 300 yards. If he's throwing for 300 yards, how can you say the offense isn't clicking? Um, who's it going to fall on as far as the critique goes from Eagle Nation? Is it going to be Shane Steichen, who we found out is the play caller, was the play caller for the second half of the season, is the play caller to start 2022, or is the critique going to fall on the head coach? Even though he says, I'm trusting in my guy, Shane Steichen, I contribute all week. This is a collaborative effort. Who is going to feel the wrath of the Eagle fans if the offense starts slowly this year? Well, if the offense is faltering, you know it's going to fall on Shane Steichen, and I think that's I don't want to say not fair because this is Philadelphia Eagles, you know, professional football here in the city of Philly. So uh, yeah, life ain't fair. Uh, but I think yeah. fans focus in on that a little bit way too much. Like the, the play calling, the play calling, it's like, all right, yeah. relax, but it's going to be Shane Steichen. And then it's going to be Nick Sirianni mixed in with a little quarterback, of course. And that that's nothing new. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think Shane Steichen will get the brunt of it early on. Uh, he is Ryan Rothstein at Wise Rye on Twitter. You can listen to him overnights at WIP, also on, on Bisson Live, also at the Philadelphia City cast at Bet Rivers. So you do some gambling stuff. So I'm going to end it there, Ryan, with you and say a couple years ago, uh, Mitchell Trubisky in the offseason had that sort of spike in MVP odds and that, you know, people were saying that's good value. Mitchell Trubisky and I think I laughed out loud when I first got the email that that people were actually thinking that's good value uh I turned out to be right on that one it was not good value I'm not often right but we got a similar uh sort of spike for Jalen Hurts and that people are looking at him as good value at in in the MVP race is that a spit take moment like Mitchell Trubisky half and half a little bit more. I see you shaking your head. Yeah, that's that is not good value. All right, just because it's a big number, people like to say it's good value. Uh, yeah. All right. Like, no, he's 35, 40, 50 to one for a reason. All right. It's not good value. Okay. Like you're just you're you're gonna lose your now, money. but when it's a hundred to one and it comes down to 35 to 40 to one, I think that's when people start to open their eyes. That's what happened. With Mitch, that's what happened with Jalen. And they say, oh, what's going on here? And they see, oh, people might know something. Still not good value. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's I, I need to see him play six, seven, eight games before I talk about value on uh, on Mr. Hertz as, as a quarterback. So that's my betting uh, tidbit. Just because it's a big <laughs> number doesn't mean it's good value. I think that's so funny when people say that. All right, I may need one more betting tidbit. You got an opinion on who's going to win the U.S. Open? They teed off about an hour ago, I guess. Um, is there value to be found there as to who's going to win the U.S. Open? Yeah, Phil Mickelson. Oh, no, wait, never mind. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> uh, I like John Rahm. Okay. Going with yeah. John Rahm this week. He's one of the favorites, but yeah. uh, it's uh, I, I love that event. Uh, because you can figure it out. You can be good. You can handicap it well. 
and the guy comes in third and you bet the win. Sorry, you win nothing. So uh, if you ever do get it right, even if you take a guy like John Rahm, who's a figure ahead of time, it's very difficult to pick the winner of a golf tournament. Uh, so I appreciate you going out there on the limb. We appreciate you coming out with us, Rothstein. Thanks much, bud. We'll do it again soon. Anytime, fellas. I had fun. Thank you. Thanks, Rothstein. Uh, does overnights on WIP. Good enough to jump aboard with us here on Birds. 365. All right. Uh, Mac guys coming back. We talked about the offensive line to start the show. Pro Football Focus uh, put the offensive line ratings out. It was either earlier this week or uh, end of last week. They put their defensive line ratings out. Johnny Mac here on the show has compared the Eagle offensive line to the Eagle defensive line. I'll tell you right now, Pro Football Focus does not have the Eagle defensive line ranked where they have the Eagles offensive line. We'll come back and talk about that next here on Birds Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
You got your Mag and Mag guys here on Birds 365, a, a Thursday edition. Rob Marty, Associated Press, going to join us coming up at 25, 30 minutes from now. Um, John, I mentioned this before we went to break. The uh, Pro Football Focus ranked the best defensive lines in the National Football League. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles came back as the number one offensive line. They also ranked the uh, defensive lines. Um, they had different tiers that they put the teams in. The sock top six teams were in tier one that they uh, described as elite, understandably so. Uh, the Rams is the best defensive line. The Commanders is number two. I guess they're expecting a bounce back year because the Commanders were not the number two defensive line in the National Football League. They might have been rated that going into last season, and for some reason they're holding that ranking. I need to kind of see it. They're, they're saying Chase Young might have to start the season on yeah, the Yeah, start the season. I think that's about talent because I think not only Chase Young, but uh... – Montez Sweat as well missed a, a bunch of time last year. And if those guys are healthy, it's going to be a good defensive line. But as you mentioned, Chase Young's probably not going to start the season. So, um, yeah, I, I would guess it's more of a projection and, and hope that those guys are, are healthy. And if they are healthy, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good defensive line. I think it's uh, overrated. I would not have them as number two. Uh, Packers, number three. Um, I'm okay with that. Steelers, number four. I'd have the Steelers out of the Packers, but three, four, four, three. Uh, the Bucks, uh, with uh, the defensive line they've had there, they think they'll fill in for Dom Kinsu. Uh, fine. Thank you very much, even though he's going to be elsewhere. I don't doubt that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this. If, and, and this is a big if as well. We're talking about injuries. If Akeem Hicks is healthy, oh my God. I don't know how you block B2B and Akeem Hicks. Yes, I two, mean, two very big boys there in the I middle mean, for the Bucks. I would have the Bucks uh, probably in the 3-4 range rather than 5, but that's okay. Johnny Max with me on that. And the last of the elite category is the 49ers. Any defensive line with a Bosa included in it, I think, must be included in the potential uh, dominant tier at the top. Uh, the next group... Uh, seven uh, uh, on down were tiered as strong, but with a weak point. The seventh ranked team is the Chargers. There's another Bosa. Uh, eighth ranked team, the Saints, who I like a little bit more coming into the season than John does. We know Eagle fans will be rooting wholeheartedly against them this year since the Eagles have their first round draft pick. I get that. Sorry to say. I think Jameis, will, if Jameis can stay on the field, he'll actually help them win games. He was winning games before he went down last year. I think the Saints will be okay this year, and they do have a good defensive line. And then uh, number nine, the Philadelphia Eagles. So according to Pro Football Focus, the Eagles have the ninth best defensive line. I think they're close to have gotten it right. Um, JM, you said earlier you think the uh, – makeup and uh, the depth of the two lines is comparable for the Eagles offenses compared to defense. The Eagles over the years have put resources toward both of those two groups with the belief that you build from the trenches out and have done a good job. 
but it seems they've done a better job with the offensive line than the defensive line as per pro football focus because the offensive line is ranked number one. The defensive line is ranked no better than ninth. Your thoughts on pro football focus? Yeah, I, I don't have a problem. I'd, I'd put the Eagles probably in the top 10 somewhere. I'd have to look at it a little bit more closely as far as actually where uh, the offensive line is stronger um, than the defensive line. But the two groups are the strength overall of the team. Um, you know, the top tier offensive linemen, Jason Kelsey, obviously Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, those are potential all pro players, whereas the Eagles don't have that any longer on the defensive line. Fletcher Cox is not that any longer. Brandon Graham's not that any longer. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Uh, they're aging a little bit, descending players. And then you have some projection, too. Like, you know, Hassan Reddick. Is he going to fit? I just mentioned, is he going to fit that Khalil Mack role on paper? He fits it. He's not going to be Khalil Mack, but he's a good player. Um, Jordan Davis is all projection. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be really important to this team. One of the most important players because of how they want to play defense. But it's all projection. He's still just a rookie. You got to see it. I, I think he's going to be Vita Bea like, but I can't say he's Vita Bea. I could say Vita Bea is Vita Bea. And, you know, whereas you look at Akeem Hicks, as I mentioned, injury concerns, but I know what he is. Um, Chase Young and, and, and Montez Sweat injury concerns. They're still young players. Um, so there's more projection to the Eagles. Um, but the depth is really good. You know, we haven't even brought up Josh Sweat. Uh, Josh Sweat is the other edge rusher. I saw one of these list things. They did top edge rushing duos. And with the Eagles, they had um, Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham. No, it's going to be Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. That's going to be your two edge rushers. And I know you're not a Derek Barnett fan, but that's good depth. That is really good depth. Milton Williams, as your fourth defensive. We haven't even mentioned Javon Hargrave, who was a Pro Bowl player last year. And then Milton Williams is your fourth defensive tackle. I can't even find playing time for Milton Williams, who's a good young player. They are deep uh, on the defensive line, and they are good. Are they top five? No, because they don't have the Bosa. They don't have the the Mac. They don't have the the superstar uh, player. But they're still really, really good. Here's the reason why you need that depth on the defensive line. Uh, we went through the offensive line uh, back at the started show in segment number one. If all goes well, and the Eagles have uh, turned the corner on how you keep your players healthy by not practicing. Uh, so assuming complete health along the offensive line for the Eagles all year long, the backups don't get on the field. The backups are there in case of injury. You hope to keep your players on the field 
throughout the entire game. That's not the way it works in the National Football League. On the defensive side of the ball, there are substitutions in and out, uh, down in and down out in the NFL. Very infrequently do you keep your same 11 guys on the field from one play to another. Somebody's coming in, somebody's going out. That's where it works, keep people fresh, get them off the field. So you need more defensive players along the defensive line than you do along the offensive line. I hope the depth is up to uh, snuff. Um, I think that Hassan Reddick is going to be out there almost every single play, that he's a first, second, and third down player. Uh, you touched on Josh Sweat. Uh, Brandon Graham, a little bit better left side defensive end for me. Uh, one of the good things about Brandon Graham is his complete flexibility. You can use him anywhere along the line. I don't know if that's going to be the same coming back from the injury that he came back from and the fact that he's now an aged player in the National Football League. Is Brandon Graham going to actually cut into Josh Sweat's playing time this year, do you think? Um, not if everything goes to plan. Um, uh, it, you know, if it, if it happens, it's probably not a good thing. Um, that would mean to me that Josh Sweat is not performing at the level the Eagles think he's going to perform. Um, and I think he's going to perform for that matter. I think he's a really good player. Um, so if he is cutting into that playing time, I think it's a bad sign. I think it's, it's nice depth. It's a nice insurance policy, but I think it's a bad sign. And that's uh, something we got to wait till the season to find out if that's exactly the way that it uh, plays out. But the Eagles' ninth-best defensive line in the National Football League right now. Still, I can't get over the commander's number two. Uh, yeah, they've that's got some talented, talented players group, who have – Talented group. Uh, yeah, but should it be about projection or should it be more about results? Well, I, you know, because it was injury-wise, like if you if you rewind a year, then it is about results. Uh, you know, Sweat was unbelievable, Montez Sweat, uh, the year prior. Jonathan Allen was one of the best defensive tackles in football. Deron Payne uh, was really good before they started fighting each other. Um, and, and, and Chase Young was – and we had, I think, Grant Paulson on the show. And Chase Young – was a bit of a disappointment from Washington's perspective because they expected a Bosa and he wasn't a Bosa, but he was still really good. And then they both got hurt last year. So in a way it's about production and projection. I mean, they missed a ton of time chase young and Montez sweat last year. If those guys have already proven they can play uh, now chase young because of where he was picked and people expected Nick or at least Joey uh, and a lot of people said he was better than both coming out and he wasn't or at least he hasn't been to this point um, I I don't know I think it's about both that those guys have produced they've all produced but last year they had injuries and you know we can't legislate injuries so you got to go back is my assumption of what they're thinking here's the reason why I would uh, disagree with their project their their overall ranking of them. Chase Young last year ended up playing um, nine games, so he missed more than uh, slightly less than half the season. He wasn't all that good in the nine games he played either. 
He had a sack and a half in nine games. It's, oh, his sack numbers are off because he missed almost half the season. Well, you want to prorate it? Go ahead. Jump it up to three. He got a sack and a half in nine games. He no, and that, that, talk that's all like, the injury. He did play in nine games. And, and you know, people were, and that's, I remember having this discussion with, with, um, with Grant and people were expecting more, but again, and, and, you know, this does not make Jonathan Gannon popular in, in, in Philadelphia, but man, he does not give a, you know, what about sacks, sack numbers. Um, so do you I think, think they I signed, think... do you think they signed his son Reddick over, uh, Jonathan Gannon's best beliefs? No, he just doesn't care. In other words, you know, people are going to to grade. Um, he wants to pressure the quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He wants to pressure the quarterback greatly. He just doesn't care about that final number. So other people are going to grade um, uh, uh, Hassan Reddick on, does he get 12 and a half sacks like he got in Carolina or whatever he had last year? I think it was 12 and a half. Um, and, you know, He's not. And if it is six, but the Eagles are effective and the Eagles are pressuring the quarterback and the Eagles, the Eagles and, and both Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon say that there's two stats they look at and what they want to win at. And they believe are provable winning stats. One is obvious and that's the, the turnover battle. Um, everybody knows that the, the numbers are just astronomical. If you win the turnover battle, you got a good chance to win a football game. And number two is explosive plays, limiting explosive plays. Uh, if you limit explosive plays or you get explosive plays offensively, you're probably going to win the game. Um, and, and they say the analytics and the advanced data and all that crap is um, points to those two things. So while he wants to pressure the quarterback, and I used to have this discussion with Jim Schwartz. Jim was the same way. They play a different way. But it's like a lot of good things can happen if you don't get a sack, but you're pressuring the quarterback. Sack's never bad. It's never bad. You're not going to say, oh, I don't want a sack. It's always good for the defense. But there are other good things that can happen, and that's one of the reasons Brandon Graham has been underrated. Um, so I just – Pulled up pro football focus in the nine games that Chase Young played. They had him graded as the 24th best edge defender, 24 of 108. That's good. Montez Sweat, 22 of 108. Jonathan Allen, three of 109. Yeah, that that I acknowledge. I, I think they overrated the Washington's defensive line just in general last year did pro football focus, but I got no problem with the Allen one. He was one of the best defensive tackles in the national football league. And a guy who I said in the early stages of birds, three sixty five, I was hoping got the free agency this off season. So the Eagles could make a play for him. Yeah. That never happened. The Redskins got the, excuse me, the Commodores got the contract yeah. extension done with him. Because he's one of the best DT and the and league. and Montez, by the way, is one of the most underrated players in the league. He's one of those guys that um, he's so long, um, 
and he's got a natural, he's got like that JJ Watt natural ability to knock down the football. He just has a feel for it. So he gives, um, he gives uh, opposing quarterbacks a lot of headaches trying to throw around him. And it's interesting because I'm looking at the numbers now. He Montez played 483 snaps before he was out. Chase played 477 before he was out. You know, if those numbers, you look at Allen's at 772, Payne's at 837, that's where they should be. And that will make a huge difference if those guys are healthy. Maybe it was because the Eagles beat the Commanders twice last year. The last couple of years, the Eagles would find a way to lose at least one game to uh, Washington. Uh, maybe Quarterback helped, I think, with that. Quarterback, yeah. uh, well, Washington quarterback. I'm not talking about the Eagles quarterback help, but the Washington um, quarterback helped more. What do you think about Carson Wentz this year down there? Uh, he's uh, he's trying to take the pressure off himself. I saw some quotes from him in one of their workouts, which, by the way, 15 teams around the National Football League having mini camps this week, one of which <laughs> it isn't, is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, uh, the Eagles did beat them twice, and we know their quarterback questions and Taylor Heineke and everything else. Carson taking the pressure off himself a little bit by saying, I just have to be the best me I can be. Uh, he's not uh, trying to add to the, the expectations yeah. down here in Washington. Um, do you think he's going to be successful at uh, being able to take himself out from underneath the Klieg lights that he's been under the last two years? You know, real quick before I address uh, Carson, you know, you, you've probably seen that Chad Johnson's in town. I guess he's, uh, you know, training with a fighter. So I don't know what he's Ocho doing. Ocho Cinco? Yeah, he's in town. He was at the Phillies game. Uh, he says he wants to move to Philadelphia, all this stuff. And then he, he was on Twitter yesterday and saying, hey, can I come watch the Eagles at minicamp? And everybody, oh, we don't <laughs> we don't have a minicamp yet. So Ocho Cinco did not know the Eagles uh, are not having a minicamp, as you mentioned. Most teams are. Um, but getting back to Carson Wentz, uh, I, 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 I've seen enough. I don't expect a, a turnaround. Um I think the best hope is what he did last year in Indy, right? I mean, he wasn't bad from a statistical standpoint. He was able to win some games. Um, a lot of it was because of the rushing game and, um, you know, trying to limit his bad habits as far as taking chances and doing things like that. But every once in a while and, Certainly for Indianapolis last year, it was in the biggest spot against a really bad team. You're going to have those really bad games. I think that's Carson Wentz. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's getting any better than that. And I think if anything, he's probably got fewer weapons in Washington uh, right now. Um, you know, other than McLaurin, you know, you know, can you count on Curtis Samuel? I I don't know. Antonio Gibson, I think, is a good player, but I I don't know. Is Logan Thomas going to be healthy? Their their offensive line was always a strength, but they lost Brandon Sheriff. Um, um, in Europe, that obviously they haven't had Trent Williams for a long time now. 
Morgan Moses. These were the people that were the strength of that offensive line. That doesn't exist anymore. So I I think he's got a lesser supporting cast than 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 he had in Indianapolis. So I don't expect much better than what we saw there. And I think Scherf is going to be a major piece that they're missing this year. That guy's been one of the best guards in the National Football League. Oh, yeah. For the last three, four years running, and they let him get out of town to Jacksonville. Um, they got to get the McLaurin thing done, right? Because you yeah. just went through your their weapons, and their weapons are a little on the lacking side, the best of which is McLaurin. He's not at their camp this week. We know that the wide receivers got paid this year. Uh, the Eagles kind of set the bar with A.J. Brown for that draft class that he was in, both he and Debo Samuel holding out to get into that neighborhood. They they have to break down and pay him that kind of money. Maybe not quite as high as A.J. Brown, but certainly right in the neighborhood. Got to be damn close to it. Are they going to get there before the season starts? Um, yeah, I, I would think, you know, and they, they drafted Jahan Dotson, which was a strange pick in the first round. I thought a little bit too early for him. Uh, so I guess they want him in the mix pretty early, but, um, you think they made that pick knowing that McLaurin's contract was going to be a major issue? Maybe, maybe, you know, I, you know, I like Terry McLaurin. I've said it. I think he's one of the most underrated receivers in football. I'd pay him. Maybe they think of it the other way is he's not, uh, he shouldn't be that top tier. Um, I think they're playing with fire. I, I, I'll say with Washington, I have much more questions offensively than defensively. Um, yeah, they and got the second best way. defensive line in the National Football Well, that's what I mean. Pro football focus. And they have some talent in the back seven as well. Um, not, you know, the strength is the front, but they're not terrible. You know, Jamon uh, Davis was a first-round pick at linebacker. Uh, Cole Holcomb is one of those underrated guys who um, sort of very instinctive, that type of sort of like their T.J. Edwards um, you know, Kendall Fuller's back there. Uh, William Jackson from you might remember him from Cincinnati. They're they're okay. They're good enough on defense. Offense, I know. I don't. I don't like the offensive line. I mentioned all the attrition over the years. It's no longer a strength. I don't know how you can count on uh, the weapons or, or the quarterback. So to me. And and we have been brought up. I mean, Jody, there's always this off the field angst, and it's not just Daniel <laughs> Snyder. And you know, now you got Jack Del Rio, and everybody's mad at him. I feel bad for Ron Rivera. Um, yeah, I I don't. I'm not concerned about the Washington Commanders. Let's put it that way. I think they're better than the Giants, but. I don't think that's saying much. I think this is a two-horse race in the NFC East. As do I. And the only reason we got off on this commander tangent is the fact that Pro Football Focus ranked their defensive line second overall in the National Football League. I'm not buying it. Um, And well ahead of the Eagles, who know better than the ninth defensive line in the National Football League. And I like the Eagles' depth better on the defensive line than I like the commanders. All right, John McMullen, Jordan McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys would take a quickie time out here when we come back. 
Hope to be joined by our buddy, Rob Marty. Covered the Eagles for years here in Philadelphia for the Associated Press. They gave him a big-time promotion last year. Covered the entire National Football League. Marty keeps his eye on the Eagles. He gets back here to Philadelphia as often as he can to uh, have the Eagles as his team to cover. He's become a Birds Tampa kind of guy. Uh, so we'll talk some football with Rob Marty from the Associated Press. Next here on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Back here on Birds 365, you got a three-headed monster coming your way for the next 20 minutes. And one of us has a good tan. That would not be Mac or Mac. That would be Mr. Florida himself. Sun's out, guns out. Our buddy Rob Motti jumps aboard here on Birds 365. What are you benching these days, Motti? (laughs) 
uh, probably a, a fraction of what I used to, man. Jody, it's it's been yeah. a it's been a struggle, but uh, it, I'm getting in there. I'm getting in there, trying to get some work done and and trying to to see what I can do. And hey, the, you're right, the the sun's out, but it's a scorching hot sun. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a pressure heat right bro. now. Yeah, yeah, we got uh, we got thunderstorms, Whew. boomers coming through. Uh, really, this okay. morning, yeah, right. yeah, bad ones. So, um, the sun would be nice to see, and we'll see sunny uh, plenty of that when the Eagles are down in Miami uh, mm. for joint practices with the Dolphins. But I guess for our Tampa guy uh, from the Tampa office, we got to start with Tom Brady. Always something with Tom Brady uh, <laughs> was on the Dan Patrick show trying to clarify sort of what happened this offseason, downplayed those Miami Dolphins rumors, talked about his biblical 40-day retirement, I guess it was. Uh, uh, Do you you buy it was just Tom taking a step back? Because the NFL season is a grind. You know that as well as anyone. Um. Do you sometimes just have to take a step back, recharge the batteries and see if the competitive buyer is there? Is that what all this was about? I think, guys, when it when it came to his decision and as swiftly as he made that decision after the season, I think it had a lot to do with Giselle and his wife and just trying to convince her to uh, give him an opportunity to come back and play again and, and not uh, go sign those divorce papers or whatever else she may have had in mind. I think a lot of it, a lot of it had to do. It's always with, the wife. It's always yeah, the wife. It, it, it was, let me work on convincing her and uh, I'll tell the world I'm retired right now. And, and maybe uh, over the, the next six weeks, she'll get tired of me and he's off jetting with the kids to watch soccer and, in England or wherever he was. And she's like, well, it's the same as if he was still playing, might as well go play and, and, and make 25, 30, whatever million he's getting. So I think a lot of that, he, he had always said late last year that the decision was going to involve the family, but as far as physically he could play, he knew that we saw he was playing at an elite level. He had one of his greatest statistical seasons ever at age 44. So it was, I think it was a matter of spending some time with the family, spending some time with the wife and, and letting her know that, Hey, I'm, I'm always going to have time for you guys down the road when I'm retired. And then all of a sudden he goes and gets this Fox deal and he's going to be back on the road for, for 16, 17, 20 weeks, whatever it is uh, when he's retired. Yeah, He's taking so. a pay cut, Rob, to, to play. <laughs> he he, he really could is. leave and, and make more money. Fox yeah. is going to give him more money to call games than he gets to play games, which is crazy. And and we yeah. don't know how we don't know how he'll do. Uh, he's yeah. he's he's got great personality. We've seen it. We've seen a lot more of it here in Tampa than it was uh, up in New England. And I think a lot of that was Belichick uh, in the Patriot way, and just don't say much and keep your uh, keep keep your personality uh, guarded. And and here he's really let loose, and I, I think that'll translate well in the television. But we don't know how he's going to be. Uh, as an analyst yet? Marty, uh, almost as interesting as Brady and his stance and his explanation of how his 40-day retirement came to be and then passed by was what Bruce Arians said this week, that had Tom stayed with retirement, then chances are he'd still be the coach of the Bucks because he wouldn't have dropped that in Todd Bowles's lap, his hand-picked yeah. replacement down there in Tampa. He would have shouldered on and kept the organization running. 
as their head coach if Brady had walked away. You buying what he's selling? You know, he said that uh, the day they introduced Todd Bowles, too. And he said that in the news conference and uh, followed up with him a little bit afterwards and talked to him. And, and it just asked for, like, an explanation. Hey, what do you mean by that? Because you know how it's going to be taken uh, out of context as if, well, Brady pushed him out the door. And, and, and I do believe that he didn't want to hand to Todd Bowles a team that was going to go through a rebuild, whether it's Ryan Griffin, Trask, whoever it may be. Uh, somebody that they had to go out and bring in Garoppolo who's injured, whoever it is, is not Tom Brady at the quarterback position. And, and if, if that were the case, they were going to go through a rebuild and we don't know who would have come back. Some of the veteran free agents that they retained, like the center, Ryan Jensen probably would have went somewhere else. He could have gone to Cincinnati. So I do believe Jody, I I think Bruce Arians is a straight shooter. And and I, I think, his succession plan was something that was very important to him. He wanted to make sure that one of his guys got this job and he wanted to make sure that one of his guys, whether it was Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, who took over was in a position to win immediately and didn't go through a six and 11 season and, and get fired and, and only have that one opportunity. So I, I, I do believe him at face value there. Uh, Rob, I want to, Uh, give you this quote and have you be my Tom Brady translator and and what you think this means. Um, And I want to get the exact quotes. I'm pulling it up. All right. And he said this on the Dan Patrick show. I had the appetite to compete and it's going to be gone soon. Is that a reference to just the age, the natural evolution. Did he watch Aaron Donald on Instagram and said, Oh my God, why am I coming back? Um, give me, give me the Tom Brady translation with that, that quote. I thought that was a curious uh, line that he said yesterday when, when he said, I, I have the appetite and it's going to be gone soon. And you know, that hints at potential retirement after this season. That's basically what that says is that, hey, I, I've got this appetite to play, to compete, but that's going to be gone. And, he know, we know what he's got lined up. So uh, I know there are some people who think that maybe he tries to end up somewhere else with a third team at, at age 45 going into 46 next year. We got this whole season to play out. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how well he's going to perform. I don't think there's going to be a sharp decline or any kind of decline at all. Uh, we don't know about his health situation. He's in the top shape and uh, hasn't been injured but that's always a possibility when you're playing in the NFL so I think right now he's entering this season as a we're going one year at a time and we'll see what happens down the road but that appetite to compete really encompasses not just those 17 Sundays it's what you're doing all off season and what Tom does all off season and and the the training that he goes through Uh, you mentioned how much do you bench you know what I did this year uh, this offseason, I, I went to TB12 in Tampa and worked out there just to see what that workout is like, right? And it's completely different, guys, than anything that I would do. There's not a lot of heavy weights. There's a lot of resistance bands. But the pliability, the, the uh, uh, body work with the body coach, just to go through that, uh, to see what that's like, to understand why he feels so good. And he does it three times a day with Alex Guerrero, his body coach. I did it like a couple times and it was only once a day and I was like wow my body never felt better this is pretty cool no wonder this guy's in here and he's got Alex Guerrero going on vacation with him everywhere with him but uh at some point the desire to do that daily 
is it, it's challenging and it's a lot of work and it's not just showing up and playing uh, in, in training camp and on Sundays. He's got to go through all of those rigorous uh, training uh, to be able to, to put his body in the right spot. And I think that's what he's talking about there. All right, Marty, man, I need you to look into your football crystal ball. Some somewhat new faces in what has become old places. Two big-time playmakers, two top NFC teams. Will they be back? Gronk with the Bucks, OBJ with the Rams. Who's back? Who's not? Who's going elsewhere? Who's retiring? What do you see out of uh, Gronkowski back in Tampa and L.A. bound or staying OBJ? I'll start with Gronk, and, and I think he, he's made it clear. If he doesn't play for the Bucks, he's not playing at all. He's going to retire, and I know he's having all the fun that he can in the offseason, and, and, and we know that nobody can party like Rob Gronkowski. Uh, ultimately, I do believe that as it gets towards training camp, Tom Brady's going to convince his boy, let's do this one more time. I, I really feel – uh, that he's going to come out and come back closer to cheating. He didn't want to do any of the mini cams or the OTAs, and that's understandable at his age, doesn't really need to go through that grind. But I think Tom will be able to convince Gronk. They're having so much fun here. They do. Uh, they, they're enjoying each other. They're enjoying the weather. They're enjoying winning. Uh, I, I think they can. he can get him to give it one last shot uh, right off into the sunset together. As far as OBJ, his his knee and and the recovery from that you know when you tear your ACL in in the Super Bowl and we're talking mid-February um I don't even know when he's going to be ready right and and if if everything works out for him on uh the shorter end of it you're still looking at a, a six seven month recovery process and, and that's right to where the start of the season is training camp I, I, w- I would think teams are going to see what, what he looks like in the practices and, and, and on the field and in his workouts. They'll bring him in. I don't think he'll end up in, in – the Rams paid a lot of people. They don't have to pay him a lot of money. I think when you're coming off this injury, it's going to be a one-year prove-it deal. But I, I get a feeling that he might end up somewhere else. Uh, I've heard the Cleveland reunion theory. I don't know about that. But uh, it, it might come down to a team losing a, a star wide receiver or a number two wide receiver uh, early in the season in training camp, and they want to give Odell a shot and, and take a run at him. So I think it's less likely that he's in L.A. or returns to L.A. <laughs> than Brock is to come back and play for the ball. Rob, you, you brought up Cleveland with OBJ. Bigger things going on mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Um, it's not going away. Um, no. Public perception is is a big thing or has been a big thing in the NFL when it comes to uh, penalties for mm-hmm. personal conduct issues. Now, it's a little bit different now with the new CBA. Roger Goodell doesn't have quite as much power as he once did. You have an independent ar- arbitrator as well. But, you know, now people are starting to think about Deshaun Watson. I thought six games that would be where it would be. Now I'm starting to think, maybe 12 games might be a bull season. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get your thoughts on that. And how quickly does that decision come down? Cause we're, you know, training camp, yeah. it might seem far away, but it's not, you would think you have to make that decision. Are we going to get the 4th of July sort of news dump uh, on, <laughs> on these types of issues this year? 
this is a, a, the Deshaun Watson situation has been uh, taking up a whole lot of my time over the past couple of weeks, and it's going to continue to. And, and uh, I'll probably have a story out today about it. And, and one of the things that uh, I was told, and I, I don't think this is really surprising to anyone, is that the decision is going to come certainly before training camp. Uh, I, was, I was given a two- to four-week window last week, and, and that was a little bit before – uh, that was right around when two more cases were added. I don't think the NFL needs a, much more of an investigation, it, whether it's two more cases, four more cases, eight more cases. They've had enough conversations. Interestingly enough, they only had conversations with 12 of the women. Uh, the attorney, Tony Busby, then cut it off after 12 uh, but I think speaking to those 12 women, seeing what the, 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 situa- the, the severity of the situation is, they're ready to uh, come down. And I believe they'll want to come down harshly. Now, as you alluded to, right, the process is going to be determined. The NFL can, it will present its findings to the disciplinary officer, Sue Robinson. The NFLPA can also recommend, if they want, the NFLPA can also recommend a suspension, a penalty, and then she's going to make that decision. But here's where it gets interesting, because even though Roger Goodell doesn't have sole authority to impose, if either the NFL or the NFLPA appeals, then Roger Goodell or a person that he designates will make the ruling on the appeal. And you can find a case where he, they may not be happy, they'll appeal, and then now he'll, he'll be able to impose the dis- discipline that he wants. They're well aware of public perception, but they can't make they can't make a decision based solely on public perception. It's got to be on the facts, the information, what happened. Now, the, the, there's no the lack of criminal charges may handcuff them a little bit if they wanted to do one year because there are no criminal charges. Ben Roethlisberger, no criminal charges, got six games. Um, Ezekiel Elliott had six games there yeah yeah, those charges were dropped Rodney Austin not many people remember this guy's name he's a uh, he was an offensive lineman in 2015 for the Detroit Lions played a handful of games he had a guilty charge for domestic violence he only got six games and he's the only one I found in the most recent who had an actual guilty charge to get six games now I think a lot of people would be upset if Deshaun Watson, given the amount of women and what's going on here, only gets six games. It could be Greg Hardy, if you remember, got 10. Yes. And yeah. There were photos. There was evidence. There were charges that went away. That was ugly. That was, that was something that uh, was certainly uh, a whole – it was a scary situation to see what that looked like. And he went from 10, and it was appealed down to four. So I, I can see where the – the NFL wants to look good, recommend a stiff penalty of one year, 14 games, 12, whatever it may be. But then the disciplinary officer is going to make that determination anyway. So the NFL can save face publicly by saying, well, we wanted this, but because there were no criminal charges, it was this. Um, I, I, I think that this is one where uh, – there's no winners on either side. A whole, a whole lot of people look at this and, and wonder how the Cleveland Browns were able to overlook all of that and give him that guaranteed contract. I'll tell you this. Some of the people I spoke to also were not happy with his first news conference, March 25th, when he arrived in, in Cleveland and, and was introduced and had absolutely no regrets or said he had no regrets, no remorse. 
I anticipate the league is going to want him to agree to go through some counseling. There is no way that this guy can, can be allowed to not go through any kind of therapy sessions or counseling as some sort of agreement or some sort of penalty discipline punishment. And the other interesting part is this. It can come down before training camp that he suspended X amount of games. Typically, unless that's included in the offseason, he'll be allowed to, to participate Practice, in training yeah. camp, yeah. preseason, and then uh, the day of final cutdown is when he starts to serve his yeah. suspension. So you can have a guy who's banished for whatever they're going to give it to him, and you're still going to see him all summer. He's still going to be able to, to uh, work out and, and practice with his team. I, I, I'm not sure that they may not try to include that in there uh, yet, but uh, it, I think they'll have a tough time doing that because there's going to be some pushback from the NFLPA. And, and another thing, some people are wondering how much pushback from the NFLPA because that's not going to look good either. How, their job and their role is the unions. To yeah, that's their job, though. They got to right? fight for the player. Yeah. Yeah, but but how how hard will they? Because they could recommend, like they did with Ben Roethlisberger, take your suspension. He took his six games. He didn't appeal. So uh, there is that possibility. We will keep an eye on that one for sure. All right, Rob. I got to jump you back to the birds. Um, some media members, like Jordan McDonald, uh, have <laughs> kind of gotten on Eagles' case because. Half of the teams in the National Football League are going through mandatory mini camps this week. The Eagles are on vacation somewhere. We're not sure why. Um, they got all of six workouts in this offseason. They're subscribing to the theory of less is more. Protect your players. Don't get anybody hurt. We'll get it together come camp time. Uh, time in the classroom will be as good as time on the field. They're thinking outside the box. But is their thinking crazy? Do you think the Eagles can make this less is more work going into 2022? I don't like it, Jody. Uh, I'm not a fan of less is more. I'm a fan of practice makes perfect. I'm a fan of repetitions of guys getting out there. You're not a Super Bowl champion. You're a team that was nine and eight and got pounded in the playoffs and, and looks like a whole lot uh, far away from being a elite final four team or a championship team. You got to put in the work. I'm all about putting in the work. And, and, and for me to, to not have a mandatory mini camp to uh, have say, what is it? Six sessions to, six, to go six, out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that at all. I, I understand that more teams are, uh, trying to take the burden off players, and that's what the, the union wants, and the players don't want to be out there as often in the offseason. But if you're allotted that time, use it. That's the way I look at it. If you're if the CBA gives you the, whatever time it gives you, you better damn well use it because you, you got a whole lot of getting better to do, and, and I don't think you're, you're there yet. So uh, I'm not a big fan of that, and I wonder how that will translate in the early part of the season. Because uh, you got less is more now. Uh, are you going to be working your way in in September when some of the other teams are were out there and are further along than you are? Now, it's pretty evident, Rob, that uh, it's an organizational decision from the Eagles. Read that, you know, Harry Roseman, Arstenota, their chief medical officer. These are the recommendations the Eagles are getting. Now, you know, there are different levels of coaches in this league, you know, and I explain it like this. If ours, you know, would have the same recommendation to Andy Reid or Bill Belichick and Andy Reid or Bill Belichick could say, thanks, uh, we're going to do it this way. Nick Sirianni 
can't do that. But he's got to go up there. He's also the voice of the organization once you get into, you know, the season. And we were into it, off-season work. Once you get into on-field work, the head coach has to talk for the organization. So Nick has to spin, hey, I'm on board with this. Do you believe that for a second, Rob, that the head coach? I've never met a football coach that didn't want to practice. Do you think Nick Sirianni is the first football coach that doesn't want to practice? That's an interesting uh, interesting uh, uh, question, John, because he is also uh, a football coach who gets along well with everyone in the organization at this point. He doesn't have the clout to uh, say, I'm a Super Bowl champion. I want to do it this way. Um, it's a great question. If this is more of an organizational decision that's imposed upon Nick Sirianni, then the head coach saying, yeah, a guy who loves ball, loves talking about it, loves to dissect it. We see his eyes light up anytime yeah. we ask him, right? He asks a question about anything specific and he goes crazy. Uh, I think you definitely uh, hit that right on the head. And this is something that that's coming from the organization, the injuries that we've seen over the years, the numbers and, and how that looked better last year. And um, Nick's not at that point yet where he can pull a Doug Peterson in his fourth year saying, I want a Super Bowl. I want my head coaches. I want the things done my way. I want to be this. I want that. He's not there yet. He avoids confrontation. He's a likable guy. And, and uh, uh, that, that, that would surprise me if a football coach like him said, okay, yeah, yeah we, we can, we can get off the field. I, I would expect him to want to be out there too. Like you said. Yeah. We'll see if less is more for the birds. All right. Uh, we talked about this earlier on the show. We're going to get your take. Uh, pro football focus puts out great lists during the off season. Uh, John and I both look at pro football focus pretty similarly. Some things they hit right on the head that their statistical analysis and tape work is uh, dead on. And sometimes they leave us scratching our heads going, where the hell did they come up with that? Um, had the Eagles ranked as the number one offensive line, John and I both agree, the ninth best defensive line. I know you haven't done it officially, but off the top of your head, where would you have the Eagles defensive line as compared to the others in the league? Is that a good fair number about the ninth best in your estimation without breaking down each one individually right now right jody and, and going through that exercise i would i think they're a top 10 defensive line and, and i would probably have them in the six to ten range uh so i certainly with you guys agree that the offensive line is right there at the top but uh, i think i think that defensive line assessment is somewhere in that six to ten range right now with the potential with the, certainly with the potential to be a top five, depending on some of the, the young players and, and Davis and, and seeing how they pan out and how they can uh, step in right away. But I, I think it, this, isn't any, this isn't anything as egregious as when Pro Football Focus said uh, Miles Sanders wasn't a top 50 rookie. Is that, is that, was that, wasn't that them? Remember, it was the, after Miles um, Sanders' rookie year, he wasn't a top 50 rookie in the NFL somehow, some way. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I do remember something. I'm not sure if it was PFF, but it could have been. Um, Whoever uh, it was lost all credibility. I hope it wasn't PFF. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. Somebody crazy. Like, not to have that guy as a top 50 rookie. In, in that yeah, season. top 50. Yeah. I think Miles you, was I'll, a little bit overrated, but not that bad. Not. I'll not, tell you what, guys, that. though. I A lot of people unsolicited will just offer their – I see them around. I'm talking to different national folks and unsolicited because I guess they know I'm from Philly originally and covered the birds for so long. They'll just tell me how – 
how much better they think this Eagles team is and how ready they think they, they are to compete. I spoke to Daryl Johnston, the Moose, this week, and he's still obviously Cowboys blood in his veins. And he said he's worried about the Eagles most uh, because he thinks with A.J. Brown, they've improved so much. And, and he looks at the Cowboys as taking a step backwards. So uh, a, lot, a lot of folks are, are higher on the Eagles. I don't know what the sentiment is locally over there. Oh, uh, that's people the are, people are yes, yeah. yes, yes. In fact, yeah. the expectations, Rob, we'll end it there. At Rob Motti, you see there, follow Rob on Twitter. Uh, read him at the Associated Press, uh, faithonthefieldshow.com. You got the AP Pro Football Podcast. Listen to that. Um, the expectations are off the charts, Rob. I mean, wow. uh, A.J. Brown, you look at all this, all of a sudden the receiving group, which hasn't had a thousand yard receiver since Jeremy Macklin, all the people look at that and say, it's, it's going to be one of the top five in the league. Dallas Goddard, great tight end. We mentioned the offensive defensive lines for the first time in history. It seems not in history, but a long time since the days of buddy Ryan, we're not saying the linebackers are a detriment. Uh, they have three good corners, but the quarterback. 13 and four, 13 yeah. and four. <laughs> uh, you know, is the quarterback ready to put the Eagles in the conversation with the Tampa Bays, the Green Bays, the Rams, even the Dallas Cowboys? Because I think, and this is how I explain it two through 52, I think the Eagles are as good or better than the Cowboys now. Mm. But that number one, Dak Prescott versus Jalen Hurts. To me, that's still a significant advantage for the Cowboys. Is that yeah, how you look at this team? For sure. Going into the season right now, uh, I think we saw what Jalen Hurts was last year, and there was a lot of exciting uh, elements to his performance. But then we also saw how far off they are towards the end of the season. They didn't beat a team with it with a strong quarterback. They didn't win games because we've said this a lot. They didn't win games because of Jalen Hurts. They won games with Jalen Hurts and until he takes his play and elevates it to the point where they win because Jalen Hurts made them win that game through for 350 or ran for 125 and in and, and combination of both uh, there's still going to be those questions about him um, I'm not convinced that he can't be that guy uh, I think that he puts in the work he certainly has all the intangibles that we've all praised and lauded since he came to Philadelphia but uh, we've seen some limitations in his play. Can mm -hmm. he take that next step from year two to year three? Uh, all eyes are going to be on Jalen, and I think a lot of people are going to look at the Eagles the same way you do, John, is that they have a really good team, a strong roster, comes down to the quarterback, and can he get them from that 9-10 win range into the 12-13 elite status? Um, I'm not there yet. i got to see more before I say he can do it. All right, Marty, man, last thing. Uh, we're going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles and put them aside because Tampa's a car ride for you and the Eagles are in your blood and you can't get out of that. Um, is there a team that you're specifically trying to figure a schedule to be at either preseason workouts, joint practices, a preseason game that is intriguing you that you're putting in with your bosses and say, hey, you got to pick up the tab for me to go see Team X. Who it's is Team X this preseason? <laughs> it's not that far for me either. It's probably like a three-and-a-half-hour car ride if I wanted to. There's Jacksonville Jaguars, and only because of Dougie P. 
because of Doug Peterson, the relationship with Doug, what he was able to do here, knowing him, having a, uh, a friendly relationship with Doug, and then seeing what he's done already in the mini camps, in the OTAs with this Jaguars team that I think's got some talent with Trevor Lawrence and seeing how that culture's already started to shift, hearing players talk about how much fun they're having going to work. Well, they don't have a coach who's going to kick them or curse them out or, or threaten <laughs> to fire them anymore. They got, we got Dougie P. He's probably offering them vanilla ice cream every day. So uh, I, I certainly want to, to hit up the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, yeah, maybe I'm a little selfish. I won't, I won't have to hop on a plane or, or, or whatever it may be. But, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's one for sure. Not too shabby. And if you go up there, you can get Christian Kirk to buy you lunch. Because yeah. he had one of the best off seasons in the National Football League. Got a you, know how, free... you know who else is up there? Jim Ross. Yeah, Jim, free. Uh, uh, free that's what I was going to say. Free wrestling tickets. Get them from Tony. Yeah, man, Tony man, maybe I'll go hang out with Jim, yeah. with Jim. Oh, good old Jr. on the beach somewhere yeah, in Jacksonville. There you go. So uh, you got to you got to take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, I'm bummed out that uh, my girl, uh, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, got beat last night. Well, uh, she's happens, a winner as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> John knows my obsession with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Yeah. Uh, Marty, man, always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate you hopping on board. Uh, we will certainly Thanks, be Rob. talking to you before the season starts. Appreciate it whenever you come on. You got it. Have an awesome week. That is Rob Marty, the well-tanned Rob Marty. I'm jealous. She's got more Italian blood in him than I do. So he's always more well-tanned. But now that he's living in Tampa, he's already got it going. He's got uh yeah great color to begin with while john and i stay inside to year round i can't yeah look at it it's still uh pretty overcast here jody ditch the rain we will rein in the uh, final segment of birds 365 and put a bow on the show for you next go for the pulse and the pools go for the ooze and the Oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. The last couple of minutes, uh, Johnny Mac, what do you got planned for today? Since it looks like we're going nowhere fast, but who knows with this stinker weather? Because uh, the sun could come out and be a beautiful day. It hasn't been a good morning while we've been, we've, while we've, no. we have been well, doing the show. We are live. Uh, you got any plans for today? Uh, I got to get the dog out. You know, it was difficult. Uh, so that's number one. Then you work from there. You got to build the foundation and work from there, Jody. You sound like such a friggin' coach. Please stop with that. Yeah. Um, uh, a little U.S. Open viewing today. You a golf guy? I, don't uh, I am a golf guy, but I, I'm a, I'm a casual golf fan. I'm one of those people that gets more interested when Tiger's relevant, uh, which isn't going to happen. I am very interested in the the new golf tour um, and and how that's going to shake things up. That's an interesting story to me for a number of reasons, because it's Saudi backed as well. So you have this outrage, but that to me is an interesting story, but casual fan. No, I'm not going to say that. I have too much work to do. Jacobsports.com. Check it out there. I I will do just that, but I will also be watching a lot of golf today. Uh, The guy I like is Justin Rose, who is a former U S open winner. One here in Philadelphia at Marion, almost, Almost a decade. I think it was 2013, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been almost a decade since he won. But uh, getting a U.S. Open win under your belt, I surely believe, helped you going forward. And he played well uh, last week. Um, I think he finished in the top five. Uh, I had a big Sunday round. And I like to use momentum going in for my selections. Who did uh, Rothstein have? Oh, I think he had uh, Rom, right? Yeah, Rom's off to a good yeah. start. He birdied yeah. one of the first couple holes. Uh, so at least half the field is already teed off today. So, yeah, I'll be tuning into uh, U.S. Open. Co- and the thing that stinks about it this year, the coverage is everywhere. NBC's got it. So they're putting it on Peacock and it's on the USA. And you got to you, you have to go you gotta, out and you find gotta, it. You got to do the research. Yeah, I don't I don't I'm with you there. It, it It's not like the old days when you knew knew where to go. Uh, you got to do some research to figure out where to go for these things. It does uh, make make watching it uh, more work going forward, but I'll put the work in today because I want to see it. All right, uh, tomorrow, who we got uh, coming up with us? Uh, manana, I can't even remember the picture. uh, Marcus Hayes at 9 20. Oh, Marcus, we haven't had Marcus on in about a month, right? Yeah, uh, Marcus He's always is fun. Been- yeah, he was doing some uh, U.S. Senior Open, I think, golf uh, media day or something. Okay. 
back when, when I tried to get him on last and he couldn't come on the show. So we'll get Marcus back. We got your buddy from CBS. Oh, Jared well. Dubin's going to join us. Jared well. Dubin, does, does yeah. a uh, nice job for them. I've had him on my national radio show uh, a bunch of times, and uh, we haven't had him here on Birds 365 yet. Uh, so much like Rob Motti, give us a good national perspective. We like the balancing for you. Give you local guys and give you national guys and see how the national guys, a little different prism they look through to evaluate the birds. That should be fun with uh, Jared Dubin tomorrow. All right, so we got a good one planned. Two good guests. I'm going to be watching U.S. Open. You're going to get the dog out. The question is, will you be ready to be back here in 22 hours, McMullen? I will be ready, barring another weather calamity, which seems to uh, happen more and more. It's happened, what, three, four times this week. So who knows? But, yeah, I'm planning on it. He'll go get his dog out. I'll go get my dog out. And before you know it, 22 hours will be uh, lapsed. And we'll be right back here on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.